folks, uh, we're here again. We're back again. We're, if you're listening to us right now, you know, we appreciate it. We're really happy that you're here listening to us. Um, we, for the most part are, I'm not sure if happy is necessarily the best word, but we, we are comforted, uh, to be here with you again, to be, uh, talking about stuff and, and laughing about stuff, hopefully that, um, normally in situations like this, I would say, take our mind off of things, but I think it's ever so more important now, given the times we're in right now to not take our minds off of what's happening to not distract ourselves from the moment that's happening in in this country, in this world right now. And it just seems that there's, there's a lot going on and there's a lot that should be paid attention to. And there's a lot that should be listened to. Uh, And like we mentioned in our statement last week that uh, we just felt that or two weeks ago, we just felt that it was not time to put out an episode. Um, but we, Drew and I, are comforted by doing this, by doing this show, by talking to each other, talking to you guys. Um, you, Some of you have also expressed that the show has helped you uh, kind of get through a lot of quarantine, a lot of stuff that's going on with the coronavirus before. So, uh, we we are hoping that this will kind of help you smoother sailing through kind of what's going on in the country and the world right now. Uh, we are recording this on Juneteenth, um, and this is a day that is really starting to get recognition, and that's a good thing uh, because of what's going on in the world right now, and. You know, it, I, I don't, I'm doing more listening than anything else. I'm trying to understand different perspectives all across the board. Um, so I don't know if me particularly saying happy Juneteenth is appropriate, but I mean, this, this is a day that I hope in the future is going to be um, celebrated for the reasons it should be. Um, so yeah, so we're going to get going with this episode right now. Uh, we, again, we appreciate you joining us and we're going to try and have a good time. Uh, but again, just remember, please do not be distracted from what's going on in the world today. Please pay attention. Please listen. Uh, if, if we have to say it, in the show, then you clearly haven't been listening very closely to either one of us for the past couple of years. We've been doing this, but black lives matter. Uh, and <laughs> I mean, guys, black lives matter. It's, I mean, there's really nothing more that, that we can put on it other than that. Nor should you, uh, nor should you, uh, yeah. there's no, yeah. there's no, but after that sentence, there is no, and also there focus on what matters right now, and that is Black Lives Matter. And any right. other any other phrase you want to spin off of that or 
try and correct someone, you are distracting from the issue and you're not helping. That's so stay focused. Um, you, right. you, you said it all. Sorry to interrupt, but I think it's important yeah. to clear that up. Yeah. So here we are, Drew. Um, it's good to hear your mm. voice again, my friend. You too, man. Uh, it's good to be here again doing this, talk about some stuff. We got some some fun stuff to talk about, some some sad and fortunate stuff to talk about. Um, and you know, it's this helps. This is this is nurturing to the soul to be here doing this with you. So to stand on some ceremony. Just to put a smile on everyone's face, especially Drew's. Mm. Ladies and gentlemen, all rise. Court is back in session. Ooh. Welcome to another Ooh. exciting episode of The Devil's Due. I oh. am your host, Carl. With me, as always, is the man who I know would stand on line next to me till the apocalypse comes. Mr. Drew Celestino. Ah, oh, that felt good. That was that was nice. That was nice. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna stand on some new ceremony if you don't mind. Go for it. Okay. There, there it we is. Go. There it is. What, what is the was the ale of choice? See, I see. I, I was hoping you were gonna ask because that means now from now on when I do this, you can ask me and I can tell everyone and give my recommendations. See? Breaking ground on content, Carl. Um, <laughs> this is... Forging uh, new frontiers. <laughs> this is the Thin Man uh, Trial by Wombat uh, IPA. So right here in Buffalo. And uh, it's very good, actually. So I do recommend it. Um, Thin Man Brewery. Trial by Wombat. Get yourself some. You can get it. Get it anywhere. Wegmans, consumers. They. It's pretty, pretty standard. <sighs> Trial by Wombat. They, I see what they did. It's play on words. It's a play on words. Uh, How are you doing, sir? It's it's been a couple hot minutes since we've spoken. How have your weeks been? Well, again, oh. I wanna I wanna reassure everybody. Um, I'm I'm fine. You know everything's cool here at the the casa casa de drew um dude's getting bigger dude started daycare this week that was pretty big um but you know i think it's a good thing uh stressful for mom first day especially <laughs> but uh working from home with him five days a week is a lot so two days a week when we have no one to help us uh He's, he's going to daycare so that's cool it gives us a a breather a chance to really hone in and you know cover any bases we might be might be missing on the days when he is here at work and stuff and uh just kind of clear our own heads for a day or two but uh, yeah. and it's, and it's also good for him for uh you know socialization and you know routines and and new people and you know just good good things so we're all we're all okay here um my my pizza fridays uh, routine is is going well uh, i make dough every single friday and i make pizza every single friday and i make enough dough where i can also make pizza every single monday <laughs> so um i'm i'm something of a pizza chef now on top of cooking uh a variety of meals every other day of the week so um i'm cooking up a storm carl um i'm like i'm like the uh second uh michael keaton clone in multiplicity i'm cooking up a storm and having a ball <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> I really hope you got that reference because does, does that make me the first clone or the third clone? That's that's up to you. Um, I, I I say you you can be the first clone. Yay! <laughs> um, so you know everything's cool. Uh, but you know I'm I'm not gonna pretend everything is cool. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh, I've got to be really honest with you, man. I've been a a, a ball of anxiety for for a while. And, uh, it, it's for, for a lot of reasons, obviously, um, we're living through history right now and it's, um, it's, it's, you know, I, I'm trying to take the positives from it. It's, it's amazing that, uh, so many people can come together in the face of things that have been issues for so long and finally they've come to a head and we're, we're seeing it in action. That's a good thing. And not to mention, not just here, but like globally, uh, yeah. seeing seeing things recognized globally for things happening in America is 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 mind bending to me. Um, and you know that that does give me, I I don't I, I as the word hope I guess I don't know it's something uh, it's good to see it's amazing to see like around the world people rallying and people taking a knee and and you know it, it, it's just for something that happened here, you know, in America, that, that's pretty, yeah. that's pretty incredible. Um, and it, it, the moment is not lost on me and it's, it's amazing. But at the same time, like, you know, you're faced with it and you, it should, it should, it shouldn't have to come to, you know what I mean? It shouldn't have to come to this, but it does. And with this comes the pushback and the pushback comes people coming out of the woodwork that just make you, hang your head and lose faith in humanity. And, uh, that's been really hard on me. I'm not going to lie, dude. It's been really, really hard on me to see just the, the depths to which, uh, people can sink. And, uh, it's really trying and it's really hard and it goes part and parcel, not to a, you know, not to the, the same degree as, as racial injustice and racism and, and, horrible things that are associated with that but it, it it goes hand in hand with the covid situation and people's complete indifference to other people's well-being and there's and people's selfishness and just uh you know you the ignorance and and the belligerent americanness of it all just makes me sick frankly uh i i can't fathom the nerve it takes people to just pretend this is not a real thing. It's a global pandemic global. This is not just like some little local thing that doesn't affect you. No, man, this affects everyone everywhere. Uh, if, like it's not going to go away because it's summertime and you want it to, uh, I go to places I've only gone. I, I go out. I do believe me. I go out very sparingly. Uh, only if I have to, if I need something or like whatever, I'm not out and about hitting the town. I go places that are very specific. I get in, I get out. And by the way, I wear my mask. Okay. And the mask is not to protect me from the virus. The mask is to protect you from anything I might have. That's what the mask does. It's a sign of respect. It's a sign of selflessness. Okay. 
Now, 90% of the people I've encountered in, in places I've gone have worn, have, they, they, they respect that and they wear the mask, okay? Even if it's hanging off their nose, it's on the face, okay, you're making, you're making an effort. So it's not ideal, but hey, you put one on, right? But there's always one guy, maybe two, no mask at all, none, just walking through the store. And the store has a sign on the door and inside posted saying, you need to have a mask on. And the thing that really gets me is that these places don't do anything about these people that are strutting around with no mask on, completely indifferent to the health and well-being of others. <sighs> Dude, look, I know numbers are going down. I know, you know, things are looking pretty good. But guess what? It's that kind of lax attitude is why Florida is spiking right now, why Arizona is spiking right now. It's not going away because you want it to go away. Okay? And if you if we don't maintain a tight grip on this thing, it's going to come back and it's never going to go away. I I just I'm mm, mm, all this social upheaval man between between all of this stuff it's it, it has been just a lot to process for me and carl you know me i am a cynical person i don't think that needs to be said <laughs> okay <laughs> go on but even me a cynical person i even as a cynical person, man, I, you would think that I wouldn't be shocked by this or I wouldn't be affected by it. I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be emotionally charged up about it, but I am like, it's one thing for me to be cynical and, you know, about stuff when things are okay. Right. But things are not okay. And my cynicism is only being reinforced and hardened and being confronted with it in such a such reality <laughs> uh, uh straight up dude it's just it's been really uh, my head's a mess dude i'm 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 not like i'm not okay <laughs> let's just say that um i'm doing my best i think we're all doing our best but i'm i'm really just not like okay <laughs> yeah no i get everything you're saying drew i really do um and like you've been on my mind a lot the past couple weeks because I know, but anyone who's who listens to the show knows that we can we can be on opposite ends of the spectrum on a lot of things, and we always joke around how you're you're the more pessimistic one on or pessimistic one. I put a couple extra T's in there. Um, I'm the more optimistic and hopeful one, and I think in in these past couple of weeks have really tried that, uh, that part of me. Um, and as, as I've said numerous times before, um, I, I claim a faith in Jesus Christ and I try to live by that faith as best I can. Um, I probably fall short more than I live up to it. And, and that's okay because, you know, I'm, it's not solely by me to do these things. 
Um, I know that it can, it can just seem like there's, there's nothing out there good in people right now, but I still have to believe and I still have to cling to the hope that, that we can be better and we can work to be better and and wh- whatever form that takes it you know there there's going to be times and we're in one of them right now where it just seems like there's there's no hope out there and there's there's nothing there's nothing redeemable about people but you know is blame blame the media for only showing one side blame this blame that there's i know that there's good people out there right now doing good things and that there and that the hope that we can be better that we can better ourselves even in the face of what seems to be insurmountable opposition I have to cling to that because our only other choice is to just throw up our hands and give up. And if we throw up our hands and give up, then for lack of much better term, the bad guys win. If we just, if we just give in to our base, you know, frustrations and hatreds and angers and just let those take over, then there really is nothing worth fighting for. But but to quote to, and this, this is, I'm going to do my best at this. And it's, you know, it kind of, it's, unfortunately we lost Ian Holm today. So in, in his memory to, to quote a hobbit, you know, people in those stories had plenty of chances to turn back, but they kept going because they believed. And otherwise, what, what do we believe in that? Th- and that there is some good in this world. And it's worth fighting for. And I believe in that, Drew. And I know that deep down, as frustrated as as you can get, as frustrated as I am, that there is good in this world. And it is worth fighting for, if not for ourselves, for our sons. To show them that, that the hatred that killed that man in Minnesota is not the hatred that that rules the world that we can be better for each other we can show if if we can at least teach our sons that so that they can carry on the fight after our watch is done then to me that's worth it well i hope so (laughs) yeah that's all i can say you're i i hear you man and uh if I look, put it this way: if I, if I if I really didn't care, or if I didn't if I didn't believe that myself, then I wouldn't be this upset. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, yeah, I might be jaded and and cynical, but it's because I want things to be better, and I believe they can be. And, it, and I get I get flustered and up and and frustrated when I see uh just how screwed up things can be and man like you said you you use the words and i say it a lot uh it just feels to me lately like the bad guys keep winning and 
uh, I really need them to start taking some L's. <laughs> like, soon. Yeah. They will. They will, sorry. <sighs> so, but, anyway, um, I now that I've got that out of I my mean, system, Carl... <laughs> The other night, you know, I was I was seeing some news on Twitter and whatnot and seeing some news on television. I was getting really depressed, so I decided to watch a movie. And I started to watch X-Men Dark Phoenix. Oh. So I, later, I went back to the news because it wasn't as depressing anymore. <laughs> oh, God. Wow. <laughs> I watched that. Man, that's dark. It's so bad. Is it really? I, I can't it, even fathom it. it. bad. Oh. It's, it's not... It's not Josh Trank Fantastic Four bad, mm. which is now streaming on Disney Plus. Oh, um, yeah, <laughs> um, but yeah, it's it's bad. Um, hey, I watched uh, Black Panther for like an hour and a half last night. Maybe, well, not, maybe hey. not that long, but the first like the first thirty to forty minutes of Black Panther. It was on TNT or something last night. I'm like, oh, Black Panther's on, and uh, that movie. That movie's so great. <laughs> It's awesome. It really is. I finished, uh, just kind of going back over our weeks, I finished the first book in the current Thrawn trilogy. Oh, cool. uh, Which is just titled Thrawn. I'm currently now reading Thrawn um, Allegiances. Mm. Uh, So far, the first book is really good. I really enjoy his character. Probably, I think I've said before on the show, probably one of my favorite characters non-film characters um just a really really good character the second book so far it's good it's not so far it's, it hasn't done anything for me as much as the first one did but it's uh it's good and then after i finish that one i have thrawn treason to read all right so i so yeah um... that's uh I'm reading. Uh, I'm. I'm finally getting off my my butt, and I'm reading the only Grant Morrison work that I never finished, and uh, I'm almost done with volume two now of the Invisibles. Okay. Um, let me tell you what, did Carl. You, did if, you read if, all of Grant Morrison's Green Lantern? I'm not caught up on it, but um, I mean, I'm 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 doing my best. <laughs> oh. Um. Dude, if if he didn't get a check, and I mean a fat one, from the Wachowskis or, or Warner Brothers for uh, the pretty unsubtle plagiarism that the Matrix took from the Invisibles, I'll be really upset because, uh, yeah, it, it's it's yep, there's a lot of Matrix stuff in the Invisibles. <laughs> yeah. It's, I, I have heard similar. I mean, granted, it's different surface level in that, like, the Matrix is about technology and, like, you know, Terminator Skynet kind of thing with humans versus machines, like, as the overarching theme. But The Invisibles is about, like, the awakened bit versus the uh, unawakened of humanity and with uh, a secret... Uh, non-human group that has pulled the veil of illusion over everyone's eyes and it's like that's like the that's that's really the the difference (laughs) invisibles is more like psychedelia surface level whereas the matrix is more tech technology but the underlying 
theme is exactly the same and some of the imagery and the uh uh the, the the trials and tribulations of the characters are are like it's like lifted directly <laughs> from the invincibles and i had to laugh and be like oh my god like this is not even subtle <laughs> but whatever it's all good is is there a red pill and a blue pill uh there is a there, there is a blue uh hashish that one must partake in to awaken to the real world Okay. And there is a trial of jumping off of a building. Alright, yeah. That's, uh, that's, 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 I've seen something along those lines. And, uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. Yeah. And, and, and uh, a, a agent of the evil guys in a suit captures the leader of a resistance movement and uh, tortures him and probes his mind for information and secrets about the organization and uh just happens to be a bald guy who wears you know uh black leather outfits and things like that okay well uh-huh yeah. it, it, like it's it's hilarious actually but anyway um it's it's good stuff i'm i'm looking forward to finishing it um let's see what else have i been up to um i have been i still haven't finished doom eternal no, I, I'm getting, I'm close to the end, but I'm not done, and I'm just not really in a rush to finish it. So, less, I've said yeah. my piece on that game. Um, yeah, still it's, playing it's a lot not, of. You're not savoring it now. It's just kind of a chore. I wouldn't call it a chore. It's just not a priority, I guess. Yeah. Um, I'm still playing Animal Crossing daily. I have, I, I have built the, uh, the Celeste Dome wrestling arena in my Animal Crossing village. So that's a thing. I'm still working on the entrance ramp area, but the ring and the seating is all constructed. So that's that's exciting. Um, I played uh, and completed Firewatch for Switch uh, over the weekend and last weekend. Uh, that was an interesting game. Um, more of a first-person like mystery story okay. as opposed to a game. There's not a lot to do per se. Um, besides like interact with it's it, you basically are a, a fire watcher in a national forest, a remote national forest, and you communicate with other, this other fire watcher in another location of the forest. And, uh, it's it, like, that's really the core thing you do is communicate with this other person and you look around the forest for stuff, but you don't like, there's no shooting. There's no, um, I don't know. There, there's like limited puzzle solving. I can't. I wouldn't even call it that necessarily. Uh, it's really all about interacting with this other person and uh, unraveling a mystery. And I'll say without a second thought, uh, it probably has some of the best voice acting and writing I've ever, ever experienced in a game. So it was on sale for seven bucks. Uh, well worth my seven dollars. Nice. Yeah. I picked up uh, Super Mario Brothers U Deluxe mm. Super whatever one because mm-hmm. it was on sale for thirty percent off. Yeah, it's a good game. I, I that and I traded in all my my gold coins from previous purchases, which was like five bucks worth. Yeah, um, so I got it for like forty, thirty five, forty bucks. And let me tell you, Drew, 
you don't know frustration until you try playing a co-op Super Mario Brothers game. Oh, say no more. With a four-year-old. Oh, dude, I can't even do it with with a with a thirty-four-year-old. <laughs> like co-op Super time, Mario Brothers is like is is not meant to be. <laughs> like I know, and he's just four, and he's still. I'm even for a four-year-old. He's 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 you know starting to get down and one out. But there there are just some times where I'm like you know. He, he falls in the in the pit or gets killed by a Koopa Trooper or something. I'm like, you know, maybe, maybe you just stay in that bubble for a little bit. You know, let, let, let Daddy do some of the heavy lifting here. And you just stay in the bubble for a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, co-op Mario is, is, is dicey. Um, but... Anyway, that is that is actually a great Mario game. Um, I've actually been thinking about uh, picking up. I think they put it out. Did they put out Super Mario 3D World for for Switch? I don't know, honestly. I know it was on Wii U. Uh, let me see. Is it on Switch? Quick Google. We have the technology. Um, it's not out yet for Switch, or or is it? Ugh, I can't. I can't keep up. It's so. Dip- yeah. And Amazon has. Nope. Correction. It's not. Um. If they port that to Switch, that will be fantastic. That uh, that that game is amazing. And let me. And let me. The only reason I bring that up is um. Okay. So Grant has gotten. He recognizes. Have I talked about this? He's he how he recognizes Mario like, and he loves Mario. I think you mentioned this last episode. Okay, well, he he loves Mario, and he's only seen me play, like, the 2D I'm trying to, like, you know, I'm trying to ease him in, you know? So, playing Mario 3, Super Mario World, just to get him kind of like, oh, yeah, that's Mario. And, he get you know, he recognizes the sprite, and it's fantastic. And he also recognizes the full-blown 3D, 3D version that we are comfortable with now. So the other day, man, I put on like a, a I, I didn't have the game ready to go. I but although I have sat down and played Odyssey with him a bit and he gets pretty excited. Yeah. But I we were downstairs and uh I pulled up YouTube and I just, you know, did I let him watch like a playthrough for a few minutes on my lap of uh Super Mario 3D World and like dude, he was glued like whoa. <laughs> it was pretty awesome. That's yeah, that that is pretty awesome. Yeah, William loves playing it. Um, we play like we split up the Joy Cons when we play, mm-hmm. and my 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 hands are just not made for something that small to control. I have tiny hands, it. and neither are mine, dude. <laughs> yeah, it's, it, that's a little frustrating. Um, but yeah, I think that's that's pretty much it for my weeks. You know, quarantining more of the same, whatnot. Uh, Dear listeners, we appreciate you, as always. If you would like to tell us about your week, send us any questions or comments to the show to be read on the air. You can find us at the following social media locations. You can follow us on Twitter at Devil's Do Pod. You can go to Facebook.com slash Devil's Do Pod and like our page. You can email us at the Devil's Do Pod at gmail.com, or you can find all these resources available to you on our website, the devils do podcast.com that being said drew we do have some emails our first one came in uh, a little bit ago from mr cyrus moore front who's a 
frequent emailer to the show. We appreciate him. Uh, greetings, gentlemen. Hope all is well. I'm excited for you both to dive into episode three, my favorite of the prequels, and in the running for one of my favorite Star Wars movies. Sorry, sorry, won't be doing it this episode. Tune in next episode. But before you do, I want to harken back to your last episode in the Snyder Cut discussion. It got me thinking about DC animated movies. Most of them, in my opinion, are better than their live-action equivalent. No argument here. Mm. <laughs> um, Assault on Arkham is a better Suicide Squad movie than Suicide Squad, Justice League Doom is better than Justice League, etc. Why do you think that is? Uh, lastly, I'm actually looking forward to the Snyder Cut. I know both of you are not fans, and I totally understand your reasoning, but I'm a huge DC fan. I'm desperate for at least a decent Justice League movie. He goes on to quote, so if there's even a 1% chance that Snyder Cut is good, we have to take it as an absolute certainty. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, Don't use that as I, justification. <laughs> I, I, find, I find a lot of flaws in the logic of that <laughs> quote. Um, but to go back to his question, why why are the animated films so much better than the live action stuff? And for me, it goes back to who has the creative control. Right. Um, for the animated films and the, the television shows, the CW shows, for the most part, DC has the creative control on that. Uh, for the films, that's mostly Warner Brothers has creative control. Now, granted, they listen to DC guys a little more than they used to, but not nearly as much as they should, as evidence shows. Um, the, the animated films, however, though, for a long time, that quality has been going down. Like it's cause ever since they did justice league war, which was an adaptation of the first justice league arc of the new 52. It's, it's all been like connected universe films the films are kind of connecting to each other they're using the same character design same voice actors they're loosely adapting some of the comic stories but for the most part they're, they're doing their own thing and i just i kind of jumped off and i guess they just wrapped it all up recently with justice league dark apocalypse war and i watched some scenes from that and it just instantly turned me off because mm. just like gore and things getting oh. killed left right uh, super super needlessly dark i'm like oh you guys are missing the point so i'm i'm glad that that continuity has kind of wrapped up um like i don't need to see shazam's light getting torn off by parademons yeah like i dude when i say gore i mean like you see like gore like because dark side crossbreeds parademons with doomsday which i mean not the worst idea if you need something that's going to take down justice league but like the the battles like the clips that i've seen are just like needlessly needlessly gory nah i mean look that's uh it's it's like the films are needlessly dark you know like it, well, i don't know at what i just i don't understand why that at whatever at some point that just became the, the go-to dc aesthetic and tone why why and again it goes back to the creative control because 
like you look at the the CW shows, you know, Arrow had a dark tone to it. That was a darker show. Flash, direct opposite. Because they understand that that character shouldn't have that tone to it. You look at the movies, you know, as soon as the the first couple weeks grosses were in on Batman Begins, they were like, okay, everything, super dark, super gritty, super realistic. I'm like, no, that doesn't, that doesn't work across to everything. Superman shouldn't be that. Right. Wonder <sighs> Woman shouldn't be that. You know, pretty much most other DC characters should not be that. So, but, hey, if he digs it, he digs it. That's cool. Yep, yep. Uh, it's just, just not our cup of tea. But uh, Cyrus, as always, thank you for the email. We appreciate it. Uh, now on to Mr. Adam, who is reconnecting to us. Uh, former frequent emailer of the show back when we were a weekly show mm. is writes as gentlemen has been a while, but I feared I would make a reappearance. Carl and drew. What is the first board game you will play when we are no longer quarantined? Oh, good question. Yeah. I miss game nights. As do I, I. I that's got really me. That has got me thinking. Really we, we really should want, we should decide this, really. I really want a game night so bad. But gonna be gonna be an adult about it. Gotta wait. But yeah, first game I got a bunch of games in the mail uh that I ordered during quarantine. Um I'm itching to break out uh, King of Tokyo Dark. I, I, you, you uh, have shared pictures of that with us, me and Alan. That looks, that looks pretty neat. Yeah, it's, it's cool. It's kind of, it's like there's some new upgrades in it and whatnot, and they've kind of built in the, the, um, uh, what was it? What was it called? The, uh, not the power ups, but like the, you know, the, the character specific power ups you could get. The expansion pack. Yeah, yeah. Mutations. They've kind of mutation yeah, they've kind of built that into the game. And there's like a press your luck aspect to it. Like there there's a there's a think of like a tower in Mortal Kombat. Mm -hmm. So when you reach one point in the tower, you can cash in and get this permanent upgrade to your character. But you can push your luck and keep going up the tower. To try to get a better um a better power up cool but if you pass one you can't go back to it and you can't reset on the track hmm interesting so uh, yeah, yeah. i yeah i want to play so, this now yeah so i think um yeah king of king of tokyo dark for me what about for you dude i don't know <laughs> I'm, I'm i'm racking my brain um God, anything to be honest with you. Like, let's just play something. <laughs> yeah, let's get together. Let's just get around the table play. and play something. Yeah. Um, Adam goes on to ask, um, are you excited about the new Bill and Ted movie? Oh. Uh, yes. Yes. We will be discussing this in the news, but short answer is yes. <laughs> 
Um, his next question is, what has been your favorite thing about being dads? Hmm. Hmm. Um, just, uh, what, what do I want to say here? <laughs> it's, yeah. It's a lot of stress. No, I mean, it is, but just seeing him become a little person is frankly incredible. So, yeah. Um, I think for me, it's the, the opportunity to connect with my father in a way that I hadn't had before um, a better understanding of our relationship. And that's probably been one of the, one of the biggest gifts that William has given me. Um, like, you know, you think when you're, my father passed away and you think, you know, that's it. You're not going to be able to have those connections with them anymore on this side of eternity. Um, but now you have those connections through your, your child. Start to understand. You know that when your kid crawls in the bed, starts kicking you in the head at 7.30 a.m. on Saturday morning, and you just want to punt him. <laughs> you know somewhere your dad's smiling because you did that same thing to him. That's so, yeah. funny. Yeah. That happens a lot. So it goes on and says, stay awesome, fellas. Adam, thank you very much for your email. We appreciate it. Uh, now on to the... Oh, what, what to call them? What to call them? Have we used the Riggs and Murtaugh of... It, the it feels like we have. It feels like we have. It, it feels like we have. So the 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 Dennis Rodman and Hulk Hogan. Oh, wow! <laughs> I think I think uh, one of them will be happy about that, and the other will not. <laughs> Mr. J.J. Uh, Smino, Mr. Alan Waiters, starting with Mr. Alan Waiters. Hey, gents, it's been a while. Hope you're doing well and looking forward to a game night soon, as are we. Drew and Carl, who are your favorite black superheroes and why? Mm. Um, do you want to go first? Should I go first? Um, I see. I'm going to be, you know, basic vanilla guy in this and just kind of go with Luke Cage. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm just as guilty as many others where I haven't like sought out black characters for the purpose of them being black. Um, I know that kind of sounds weird or whatnot, but I know I can definitely broaden my tastes and my consumptions when it comes to, you know, this medium that, that I love so much, but yeah, probably, probably Luke Cage. I dig him over black Panther near that or John Stewart. Okay. John Stewart, green lantern. Um, that's good. Yeah. That's going to come back around these two, unfortunately, but yeah. All right. 
Um, I, I, I too enjoy, uh, Luke Cage a lot. Um, and to think that for a long time in the, in the comics, he was like a nobody and Ben, it took, it took Bendis really working to put him back in the, uh, the pantheon of Marvel's like great characters. Um, so, Hey, thanks. Thank you, Bendis. That (laughs) you give, you gave us something that, uh, we didn't know we needed, but Luke Cage is awesome. Um, let's see. I had a, uh, Maybe lose my train of thought. Unfortunately, uh, in The Walking Dead, uh, I was a big fan of Tyrese, the character Tyrese. Um, I don't want to spoil anything for Walking Dead fans, so I won't say much more. But um, good character, and could uh, have could have used more of him, to be honest with you. So, um, and let me think. I'm trying to think of uh, other standout examples. Um, if you've never read anything, uh, this is an obvious choice on my part, but hey, I'm going to say it. Um, the Superman of Earth 23. That would be um, Calvin Ellis, who is President of the United States and Superman. Um, that's okay. a cool character. That's a very cool character. I do recommend you check that out if you haven't. All righty. Cool. Uh, Carl, with so many streaming services out there now, do you think people will get sick of them and go back to cable? Um, no, I don't think people will get sick of them. But at the same time, I don't think cable is going away anytime soon. Um, if, if anything else, just for like Drew, you mentioned the other night, you were going through channels and you came across, you know, Black Panther. Right. Um, there's still, uh, um, Discovery that can be done, not the channel, but the act on cable discovering show just by like flipping through the channels and just kind of going from there. Cause I find like, you know, it doesn't going to sound weird, but to commit to watching something on television is easier to commit to watching something on streaming service. No, you're absolutely, you are absolutely and, right. And this is going to sound so like first world, BS, but like if I want to watch something on Netflix, I got to boot up the PlayStation, switch the inputs, search for whatever I want on Netflix. Do I really want to start this? If I start this, am I going to finish it? How many days am I going to have to go to finish it? You know, I'm flipping through cable channels. It, it happened last night. Flip through cable channels. Captain America Civil War's on. It's but yeah, it's yeah, right yeah, yeah. Those have been on a lot. Right at the airport scene. Yeah. It's right at the airport. So I'm like, all right, hey, I'm in for like the next 45 minutes. Yeah. I'm good. There, I, I totally get where you're coming from. There is so much. I, I am. The thing with the streaming services, Netflix and whatever. I'm paralyzed with choice. Honestly. Yeah. Like the act of choosing something like I, I can't do it. Like it's it's intimidating to me to make a conscious choice to watch something and commit to it. Whereas if I'm just you know if I sit down and I flip something on, oh it's on, cool. Yeah, and I can get in and get out, and it's it's kind of non-committal, I guess, and it's just easier. I, I can't, it's it's hard to explain. Like we have infinite options, and yet with infinite options, make it just makes me kind of go like eh. Do I really want to watch that? What does it mean if yeah. I do? What does it say about me if this is what I chose to do for the next X amount of time? You know what I mean? Like all these mental I, games I, come into play. <laughs> I don't always want to go through go to the library, but I'll always thumb through a magazine at the doctor's office. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, not anymore. 
Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> at at some point. We well, will, no, yeah. they're they're not going to have those for public consumption anymore, dude. <laughs> oh, magazines? Yeah, my my like oh, my yeah. my well, dentist office already said, yeah, we're not doing magazines anymore. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, those that was probably in the world works before all this too. Anyway, so, uh huh. I mean, how many people are and everyone's just on their phones and whatnot. Um, okay, Drew. How relevant is HBO's Watchmen now with everything oh going on? Oh my god! Talk about prescient. And and it, look, it, let's. It's not like these these issues didn't exist before. Uh, yeah. The, the murder of George Floyd. Like obviously, it, it's been building and building and building. And Damon Lindelof rightly knew that. And my God, just it's never been more relevant than it is right now. It's it's incredible. Yeah. Um. I, and in case you don't know, HBO is uh, offering Watchmen for free to watch right now. So yeah. if you have, I mean, go, go right now, go watch Watchmen, please. It's amazing, and it's more relevant than ever. So, yeah, yeah, really. So he goes on to say, "Keep up the good work. I'm still at a plateau with the weight loss, but I shall overcome it. Down thirty-five pounds. Thirty-five. That's- My God, that's great." Yeah. Maybe I'll hug that man twice when I see him. I've plateaued as well, Alan. I'm 22 and kind of holding steady, but I, I honestly, it, there's not much more to go for me. <laughs> yeah, I gotta, I gotta get on a regimen myself. I'm, I, I can feel the quarantine 15 <laughs> ball. So, okay, on to Mr. JJ Samino, Drew and Carl. With the doomsday clock about to at about one second to midnight, mm. what is the last movie you want to watch before the apocalypse does its business? Wow. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. As a as a movie fan, that's a that's a tall order. Um do I want something uplifting? Do I want something profound? Oh, gosh, that's tough. I feel like my default answer to, you know, this, the what kind, like, if I had to pick one movie or what's my favorite movie or whatever, I mean, God, that's such a deep, deep well to, yeah. to draw from. But on a similar question that was asked of me um, a month or so ago, I had a similar dilemma, and I keep finding myself gravitating back towards Ghostbusters. Okay. Don't know why. It's just, it's a it's a excellent, excellent movie, and I have loved it since I was a kid, and watching it as an adult is a completely different experience, and a better one at that. And I just, I love that movie to death, so... If that's the last thing I ever watch as the world burns, that's that's fine with me. Okay. Um, if, if someone tells me, hey, you know, world's going to end, but you can watch one more movie for the end of it, I, you know, I'm sorry. I hate to be predictable. Star Wars. <laughs> Star Wars. Because I, I don't know if I'm going to get to watch Star Wars on the other side, man. So, yeah, let's... Uh, Let's fire up the Falcon one last time. There, it's fair. I mean, 
people say, well, you've seen it so many times. But yeah. There's a, re- <laughs> there's a reason Folks, why I watch it so many times. There's, there's a reason that this, these stories endure as, as we're doing an anthology series on these, these stories. Um, yeah, it's going to be Star Wars. I'm, I'm not original. Uh, Drew, I, it's, Jay's question to you is going to be optional mm. uh, because um, of stuff we were discussing before we started recording. That's okay. In regards in regards to the professional wrestling world. Mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, his question is, are there any British wrestlers left who haven't committed deplorable acts? <laughs> and when do we tackle the now barren English wrestling scene? Uh, I mean, right now, Jay and I could just go to London and be the British wrestling scene at this point. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah. Um, the less The less said the better uh about this right now but just needless to say um a lot of unsavory things have come out about uh the british wrestling scene and it's gone beyond the british the british at this point it's kind of it's 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 everywhere and uh without getting too deep into the waters for the listeners just uh if i have to tell you that sexual assault is bad um i don't think i should have to tell you that so uh yeah yeah it's it's a it's a sad situation right now so let's just uh see where it goes and hopefully uh we can all learn and things can improve god that's a theme today isn't it yeah yeah (sighs) would would you guys be a tag team or sure sure what was your tag team name be oh um Chips. I'm going to leave that to Jada to name us to name our tag team <laughs> that that's his homework for the next episode that's his homework all right uh Carl just want to say happy 45th anniversary to Jaws how will you be celebrating I will be celebrating with a case of apricot brandy and my taxidermist is going to have a heart attack when he sees what I brought him thank you very much for your <laughs> questions Jay we appreciate it as always uh, so that wraps it up for our emails thank you again to everyone who sent them they're very much appreciated alright so as we mentioned earlier we're not uh, doing an episode 3 recap um for a couple reasons one uh life and time just uh not really finding a way uh this week for a a viewing of the film and there is as we uh, it seems whenever we decide to take a week off or two weeks in this case a lot of news happens um so we got we got a lot of stuff to go over like numerically there's not a ton but they are all things that we can talk about at like mm. um and you know what all these things are you know fun things and things we enjoy but we do we must um start with with unfortunately a sad note and that is uh the literary world i don't just say comic books i say the literary world lost a legend and icon this past week uh denny o'neill uh long time writer for dc um also writer for marvel uh passed away this past week um i don't think it was i think it was just you know 
he was 88 years old. I believe it was just natural causes. Yeah. I don't think it was the Corona or anything. Um, yeah, this one, this hurts because folks, even if you don't read comics, you know, Danny O'Neill's work. Yep. Uh, we, we yeah, have, we, we owe Denny O'Neill a huge, de- if you have enjoyed Batman in the last 30 years, it's because Denny O'Neill made him the way he is today. <laughs> yeah. So I'll Batman let you, I'll was, let you elaborate on that, but yeah, that's so uh, Batman was created by Bill Finger with uh, light influenced by Bob King. Yep. And that's the nicest possible way I can say that. Yep. If you are questioning that statement right then now, I would highly recommend go watch the documentary uh, Batman and Bill. I believe it's on Hulu. Um, yeah. So if if there's any time what I would where I would utter a profanity on this show, it would be directed towards Bob Kane. Mm-hmm. Um and this is this is my second favorite character of all time that we're talking about here, and very close behind Spider Man. Um, so Bill Finger creates Batman, and between him and Gil Kane, kind of steer the ship for the character up until about the sixties, and then the then the television series, it's the Adam West television series, and I I am very happy that that chapter of Batman has been people have kind of come back around on it and can appreciate it for what it is because it deserves to be appreciated for what it is. But the, the state that that left the character in uh, once the, the fad of that show wore off uh, was a very bad state. And the character was very close to being canceled by DC and just taken out of circulation altogether. So imagine that, a world without Batman. In comes Denny O'Neill with his partner, Neil Adams. Arguably the best writer-artist combination in comic book history. Uh, they're they're in the discussion. Uh, I'll 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 allow it. Yeah, they're they're top three. At least, they're at least in the discussion. Okay. Um, and they take Batman and completely reinvent him, bringing him back to his roots. As they they. They essentially create the Dark Knight detective. Yes. So pretty much they bring Batman to being a darker character. They they take away the camp. Um they do kind of uh, I don't want to say a full blown James Bond take on the character. He became he became very globe trotting. He did. Um and it was like it was influenced by that a little bit because that—that's the Bond films were this is their first heyday. They were really big at the time, um, but they just reinvented the character and saved the character. 
and not just Batman himself, but the Joker. Yeah. And 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 yeah. the Joker was Joker. was was a comedy character at, in through the fifties and sixties. Yeah. The Joker you know today, the Joker you know and love today, is a product of Denny O'Neill and Neil Adams. Yep. And um, they created a Rachel Ghoul. Yeah. Alia. Yeah. Um, they. And if if that if that was it, if that was all Denny O'Neill did. It would have been enough, right? But he didn't. No, he 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 didn't stop there. <laughs> but but he didn't stop there. His if you, it's funny because like we're talking about his work on Batman. But if someone came up to me and said, "I want to read Denny O'Neill," what do I read? Without hesitation, I'm going to tell you: read Hard Traveling Heroes. That was, yeah, yeah, Green Lantern, Green Arrow, Green Lantern, Green Arrow. Two characters once again that. Nobody's reading. Nobody's caring about. And Denny O'Neill, Neil Adams, get a hold of them, and they are among the first to give comics a voice in modern day culture, modern day problems. They address racism. They address religion. They address drug use. They it's the run is is just mind blowing. If if you if you go back and you read it now, you probably be looking at it like, well, this is kind of campy. Like, yeah, some of the dialogue might not translate as well nowadays. But you have to understand, this stuff was revolutionary at the time. Yeah. Nobody was doing anything like this. No, they 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 made socially conscious comics at a time when that was like, I I don't know. I, I mean, like you said, it, revolutionary stuff for the time. It's only it was it, arguably ahead of its time, but it has to start somewhere, and it started with Denny O'Neill. <laughs> yeah, and and these are these are his his two his his two biggest ones. He also had seminal runs on Doctor Strange. Um, he he was a he was editor in chief for DC Comics for a while. Folks, this is the guy that killed Robin. <laughs> this is the guy who who conceived and and greenlit the the killing of the Jason Todd Robin character. One one of the the all time. Wow moments in comics. And, and uh, if well, that's not enough for you, he also is the person who named Optimus Prime. Yes. In case you didn't he, know. He wrote a lot of the character information for the first generation of Transformers. Yep. Because, like, back in the day, when they knew how to do toys properly... Yes, I'm being old man, get off my lawn, but I don't care because in this particular instance, I'm right. When they knew how to do toys properly, you got the full bang. You got uh, the toy line, you got a comic book, you got a TV show, you got a breakfast cereal, <laughs> and just, it was, it was great. And 
So when when Hasbro was was coming out with Transformers and they wanted to give these characters like names and personalities and whatnot, they they took them to Marvel Comics where Denny O'Neill was at the time, and he he came up with the name Optimus Prime and wrote a lot of the the initial uh, character bio and whatnot and laid the groundwork for what we know today as Optimus Prime, not the Michael Bay. No. The OG, the Optimus we know and original, love. Yes, Optimus Prime. Um, so, just uh, just so you know, um, at Marvel, Denny O'Neill was the regular uh, writer of Iron Man. He created Obadiah Stane. So, yes. if you've seen the first Iron Man movie, you have Denny O'Neill to thank for the villain. Um, he wrote daredevil in between frank miller's two stints on the book and he was also frank miller's editor on his run and as his editor um basically he kind of saved the the series from cancellation and he encouraged frank miller to give daredevil a believable fighting style and this basically led to martial arts and ninjas and whatnot in daredevil which at this point is like a core tick of the character so yeah. that that came from denny o'neill's influence on frank miller to do such a thing um and he was also editor on my, one of my favorite uh books and franchises gi joe yeah scripted by the great larry hama so uh d- dude legend we this this world is lesser without him in it um and yeah so go you know read uh most you can get pretty much everything we've been talking about in trade um yeah go go check it out and and we definitely lost uh, uh someone who contributed so much to the lexicon of what we know and love right now and it's it, it's so. amazing all the stuff we just mentioned and i think i feel like your 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 average person doesn't even know his name yeah he no, he, I mean, he was it, a real comics co- you know he comics fans knew, knew denny o'neill but he didn't yeah. he didn't uh transcend in the way like a stanley or uh you know um I don't know, some Frank Miller or or whatever, but but Denny O'Neill, man, is, that what what a legend! My God, yeah. If if you if you listen to podcasts, which we know you do because you're listening to one right now, um, look up uh, Fat Man Beyond, which is Kevin Smith's podcast that originally started out as Fat Man on Batman. And he did a three-part interview with Denny O'Neill that he put all together and re-released this past week. So it's the most recent episode. Uh, go and listen to that. Listen to a master tell stories about his craft. It's just, it's amazing. So, uh, Denny, you gave us so much, and, and we salute you, sir, and we will deeply, deeply miss you. So, so yeah, okay. That being said, 
now on to to lighter fare. Uh, Drew, where where do we start? Where do we start? Do we start in the the digital world? Do we start in the film world? Do we start in the comic world? There's so many places we can go, Drew. Dealer's uh, choice, my friend. All right, I'll just you know what? I'll start at the top of the list and we'll work our way down. So we got uh, PlayStation Five has been revealed. Yes. Uh, they did a, a launch uh, video. I mean, uh, obviously, with everything going on in the world right now, E3 was canceled. It's not happening. So we basically just got like a, a big trailer for PlayStation 5 where they showed off a couple games, one of which we'll mention momentarily. Um, but the the platform itself has been unveiled, and it's... Uh, there, there have been very few launches in recent history that went, at least for me personally, that went, oh my god, I have to get one of these now. <laughs> uh, and and this is not one of those. This um, is not one of those. Just because I think uh, console launches now, they, uh, with the except with the exception of recent history of the with the Switch, the Switch yeah. had you know. Breath of Fire at launch, and that was just Breath of the Wild. Yeah, um, of, um, and and the Wii, not for nothing, had had um, uh, uh, sports. No, uh, the Zelda game. Why am I blanking on it? The the, Twi- uh, the Twi- Twilight Sword. Uh, Twilight Princess. Twilight. Uh, Twilight the Vampire Story. Yeah, that one. Why am I? Why am I blanking on this? Oh my, Twilight. It's, it's Twilight Princess, right? Something in the garden. Twilight Princess. Something yes. Red. Um, Twilight Princess. Okay. And the only reason that th- those and the Switch, the reason why those were so anticipated, was because they were announced for the console prior, and then due to timing and economics, they shifted those launches to be the launch title of that system, which right. just makes it a no-brainer that well, I got to get the system day one because it's Zelda, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. So the PS. Five. I don't know that I need one at launch. However, the Spider-Man Miles Morales game could tempt me. Yes, uh, we'll get to that momentarily. I want okay. to focus on the, the console itself right now. Yeah, I mean, everything I saw was, I mean, it looks good. I mean, there, there's, it, nothing, it, there's, there's nothing that they showed that I went, uh, really? I mean, besides the um, console itself, you know. The, the console, though, you know what? They're trying to make it look different than a box. I hate it. So I oh, give, God. I give them Thanks, full, I hate it. Full credit for trying. Mm-hmm. It, it, I, don't, I don't need my console to look cool. I just need it to function. Um, so I think one of the most inter- interesting things that caught me by surprise was the the idea that there will be a traditional console with that you would buy game discs for and put them in and then there will be a digital only version of the console with no disc drive whatsoever mm-hmm. only digital so now we've talked about this in the past at what point are our consoles going to go the route of 100 percent digital and I think this is probably if if you want to like force that movement earlier, 
I thought initially we were another two or three generations off from it. But I think if you want to kind of force that change over earlier, this is probably the smartest way to go about it. It's a toe in the water for sure. Yeah, um, because you're because to come out and say just the console is fully digital, that's it. You're taking such a risk. Totally, totally. But to, give, but to give people the option is really smart, and it'll allow you to gauge where the market is for something like that. I'm curious about that myself, but I have to admit that I mean, I I, I I'm reluctant. I just, I've I've gone on record about this for artistic reasons. I don't like the idea of um, not having a physical copy of something that I can play at my my discretion. Um, right. But on top of that, like I think if they it, it, once someone commits to digital only, no physical media, uh, you are you are alienating a significant portion of of the user base. Um, not everyone in this country has reliable high speed internet. Um, now I don't know how many it's up, it's up to some bean counter at Sony or whoever to decide if that percentage matters to their bottom line. But I, I hate to think that there's a line in the sand being drawn saying like, well, we don't care about those people. We're just going to, you know, they can get with the program or not. And it's that's kind of not the way I see things. I feel like everybody should be allowed to, you know, be included. Well, in any case, the PS5 will be that way. There will be two versions available. So we yeah. haven't we haven't entered the fully digital waters yet. But um, those are my concerns about a fully digital future. So now, okay, so I have a first gen PS4. Uh-huh. Um, I believe the first gen was 500 gigs. Yeah. That's what I, I have. have two. I have two games on my system right now. Okay. I have Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order, and I have Call of Duty Modern Warfare. I literally can't fit anything else on the system. Mm. Well, so the, the, they, yeah. Uh, I, I have to imagine that the like it, every, it's going to ship with a terabyte drive, right? Every yeah. update that comes out for Call of Duty is like. 23 gigs yeah and these new games are certainly Um, not going to be smaller yeah so like for for a digital only system to be realistic and house multiple games what size (laughs) do you think drive has to be A, a minimum minimum of a terabyte minimum if not two. And even and even that, given given what you just said about the size of the games you have, like even that feels like small, you know? Yeah. Because uh, the terabyte is a thousand gigs. That's correct. Okay. Double double the PS PS4's launch model capacity. Right. I mean, does that seem like enough? I, I, I guess it all depends on the size of these the forthcoming games i guess but i like i said i cannot imagine that they're smaller because you're talking about higher resolution textures uh you know just the the very nature of 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 higher res better graphics you know it's it's more it's a bigger file size it's just how it is 
Um, I don't know, man. Uh, but you know what? I'm not. To be honest with you, Carl, like I, I don't. I'm so. I, I this is a this is a product of me being old and jaded. But like, dude, I don't. This stuff really doesn't impress me anymore. You know, I just want to play fun games that really move me in some way. You know what I mean? And no, I, I get that. I think that we've graphics kind of and all that. Just does it? Just doesn't. Yeah. It just doesn't move the needle for me at all. Just if yeah. I if I see if I see a game is highly rated, highly acclaimed, I don't care what it looks like, what platform it's on. I'm gonna play it. I'm gonna take it in, and I'm gonna enjoy it. And yeah. you know that, that that's really it these days. Everything else is just fluff. I, I you know the fluff doesn't phase me anymore. I've seen through it all. I've heard it all my entire life. All these wars and 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 specs and and now think everything looks so every everything looks good like yeah you you can't you I, cannot we, fool me with that stuff anymore. I, I think I think we've talked about this in the past where the this current console war and future console wars are going to be more about functionality than graphical performance. Yeah, because I yeah. think we've kind of hit we've hit a plateau with graphics for our current uh, technical capabilities. Fidelity is irrelevant now. Like, yeah, yeah, right. So, I mean, like for a perfect example in the game, we're going to talk about in a second, uh, Spider-Man for the PS4. Yes. We both love that game. Amazing. And, you know, for all the talking we did about it, we might've mentioned once or twice that the graphics look good. They're great. Because it's just, it's like you said, it's expected now. It's expected, and, and I want ex- experience is more important. And man, does right. Spider Man deliver on the experience? <laughs> yeah. Speaking of which, yes. The first game they led with, they they led strong in their their presser, for lack of a better term. Uh, the first game they showed was a brief, brief teaser for a follow-up to the spider-man playstation 4 game spider-man miles morales yes which we all met with a resounding yes please yes please absolutely we have it now um so you know we played spider-man we loved it Mm -hmm. i think it's probably tied for the best superhero game ever with arkham city um, I can't speak to Arkham City. Um, I played Arkham Asylum, I, I, which I enjoyed, but I enjoyed Spider-Man a lot more. <laughs> yeah, it just Spider-Man is like the ultimate. We said it. We, we said it. It might be the ultimate spite. No, not 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 pertaining to the ultimate comics, mind you. I'm just using it as an actual right. word. Yeah. It is like the ultimate Spider-Man experience. Yeah, yeah. I would I would definitely agree with that. Until Disney launches its Avengers campus in California, and there's oh. an animatronic Spider-Man swinging overhead, which is literally going to be a thing. Yeah, I saw that. There's going to be an animatronic Spider-Man. I hope he doesn't fall. <gasps> anyway, overhead. Yeah, I hope this is not turn off the dark Spider-Man <laughs> overhead. <laughs> I hope it's like Disney Imagineers. So there was a lot of unneeded confusion about that announcement, though. Right. So the initial thought was this is a sequel 
to the PS4 game. Yes. And then it came out that, no, this is not a sequel. This is a essentially um, a, a DLC pack on steroids. Well, it's not that either, apparently. And this is where the confusion comes in, because... First they said it was first it was kind of like loosely said that it was a sequel. Then it was then the term remaster with extra content kind of got bandied about which led to people thinking oh it's a remaster of PS the so it is the PS4 game but remastered for PS5 with all this new Miles Morales content. But then it's like no 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 it's not that either. It's a whole new game but it's not a sequel to the Spider-Man game. It, it's so now I'm confused because it's not a sequel, but it's not a remaster. It's it's a standalone game with Miles Morales. You, you know what it is. You know what it is. Perfect example. Of what it is so? I told you I got the the Super Mario Brothers Deluxe U. Yes, right. And up top, there's the option for playing Super Luigi Deluxe U. Okay. This is that. Okay. This is probably going to be that. It's going to be like a game of the year edition, which, okay, you get all the DLC, which I played through most of it. It was great. Um, and then you get this kind of pseudo full game experience included with it. I, I, don't, I don't think they're including the PS4 game, Carl. I think it's, it's standalone, Miles Morales. But it's not a sequel to Spider-Man. It's kind of a standalone game I, on the same engine, yada yada. But but standalone. So is it? Is it? <laughs> is it the Spider-Man version of like Spider-Man was Metallica's load, and Spider-Man Miles Morales will be Metallica Reload? Uh... How do I want to address that? (laughs) Kind of, but I still don't know because they're still not being super clear about it. Yeah. Well, I mean, my my understanding is this: it's it is a standalone game. It is Miles Morales's game. Period. PS4 Spider Man is not included in it. The only the only line of confusion now that I have that most people have is. Okay, great. Miles Morales, standalone game. Awesome. Can't wait to play it. Um, but is it also going to be available on PS4? And they have not really clarified that yet. Which, I I mean, I kind of hope it is. Only because, it's aside a tough call. from this, and it's great looking, but there's nothing that's really getting me up for getting a PS5 at launch currently. Yeah, same. I mean, the launch to me looks very, like, ho-hum. I mean, every every indicator is saying the price tag is probably going to be uh, 600 500 oh. 600 Woo. That's a spicy um, meatball. Did it's not to mention there may be a price discrepancy between the standard console and the all-digital console, which I'd imagine the all-digital console would be cheaper. Yeah, I, would th- I mean, it's a, the, the physical drive will of, probably knock 100 off. Yeah, just because lack of physical components, they better not try and pull where restaurants pull when you order egg whites, charge you more for them, taking something out. 
Why are you charging me more for this? Um, yeah, the launch titles, though, just... Eh. Yeah, there's nothing, there's nothing right now. Now, that being said, there was, there was a fan poster put out that a lot of people bid on, but I looked at it, I was like, mm, that's fan-made. But, there have been rumblings of Street Fighter Six. Oh. So, Would that get you in the door? It depends. Okay, fair. I would just, let me put it this way. I am at a point in my life right now where just telling me Street Fighter Six will be available at PS5 launch is probably not going to be enough. I'm going to need to really see something. And also, like, I just, I don't, as much as I love that franchise and I love fighting games, I just don't have the time to devote to them anymore. I understand completely. Um, so, but yeah, no, there was a, there was a fan, there was a fan poster out there. It was the, I think Alan put it in our chat. It was the, the flaming six where the top of the six was Reed's fist. And I was like, no, that's fan made because Capcom uses Roman numerals for Street Fighter. I'm sure enough, I was right. <laughs> uh, so, but we are kind of coming up on that window of time. Uh, usually six to eight years in between entries is kind of where they land. Uh, but there's new there's new stuff coming out for Street Fighter V, so who knows uh, where they're going with that. So yeah, um, I mean, obviously right now, if you're going to make me choose between the two, it's going to be a, a PlayStation instead of an Xbox for me. Oh, again. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, just for, you know, I can... I could put the PlayStation on its side. No, fit. just uh, I, you know, look at the end of the day, and I've as a Nintendo fan, I've been, I've I've said this for decades, which is God, I'm old. Uh, it's about the software. It's about the games, and yeah. Sony, I know, is going to have better exclusives. At least I think they will, anyway. Than than Microsoft will. So at the end of the day. I gotta go with so I gotta go with the PlayStation, and yeah. you know that's just the way it is. And you know, the the Xbox 360 remains one of my favorite consoles ever, hands down, bar none. But the the one dropped the ball hard, and I don't see it getting picked back up. And Sony is just, they get great exclusives, and I'm I'm okay with that. Yeah. So, that's just where we are. So, and, and Nintendo's and, got a Nintendo, and you know me, man, I'm, I'm okay with that, too. Yes. And so, uh, projected launch for the PlayStation 5 is this holiday season. Uh, but, Drew, there is another thing that is giving me many reasons not to jump on that PS5 wagon right away. Yeah. And that that is just announced this past week, first with a story trailer, then uh, last night with a gameplay trailer. Ah. Star Wars Squadrons. Mm-hmm. 
Oh, Drew. <laughs> it's it's like oh. they, they, they shot this trailer into your soul, Carl. Drew, I am trying so hard to not get excited about this. Well, it is EA, so you can always have because that slight chip day, on your shoulder EA. about it. At the end of the day, it's EA, and they're only charging 40 bucks for it. Now, you mentioned that. Why, why, why does that price point scare you? Because what are they not giving me okay. for that extra 20 bucks? Okay. What are they leaving out for that extra 20 bucks? Now, if they came out and said, hey, you know what? We dropped the ball on Battlefront. Yeah, it's a great game now, but it took a long, hard road to get that game to where it is now. And this is our way of making up to the fans for that. That doesn't sound like something EA would do. Right, exactly. <laughs> I'm sorry, <laughs> but that's, you know. But if they, if they came out and said that now, okay. But price points got me a little concerned. Okay. Well, EA loves them some money. Yes. Well, that tells me that if it's $40, they're going to nickel and dime you on a lot of stuff after the fact. Now, see, here's the thing, though, is that Disney is very unhappy with EA because of Battlefront 2. Mm. So I would be very surprised if they went to they've already said no microtransactions. Okay. Okay. They've already said that. And I don't mind microtransactions as I long do. as it does not as long as it's not pay to win. If you want to sell me some cosmetic stuff, fine. Sure. Okay. But as long as it does not influence game state. And they've come out and they've said no microtransactions, no loot boxes. Um, so then my question is like, another friend of mine said, well, it's a flight simulator and they know there's not a big crowd for that anymore. Maybe. But even still, yeah, it's a flight simulator, but Star Wars. Yeah. So, all right. So that aside, let's talk about the actual game itself. Um, I saw, I saw the announcement trailer for this, the, the story trailer. It obviously looks fantastic. Graphics like we were just talking about top shelf looks great. The, the thing in one of the things I love most in battlefront was the starfighter combat. And ironically enough, like that was one of the things they neglected in the subsequent updates that have come out for Battlefront. They've never added new ships. Like, I can't fly a B-Wing in that, or like a couple different uh, versions of TIEs. Um, And they never like, they never really added, I think they added two new stages after Last Jedi came out. And that was that was pretty much it, and people people really enjoyed it. Now it was it was a lot of fun, but it lacked the depth of something which we've referred to numerous times on our show the the PC X Wing and Tie Fighter games. Yes, well, which this, I think this, this seems to harken back to those a little bit. 
yes the 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 one thing that i that i know we've discussed this a lot one of the biggest missed opportunities of the wii u was doing something maybe not a star wars brand but doing some sort of starfighter simulator with that kind of functionality in it mm. now i'm saying functionality folks for those of you who maybe you're not old enough to remember or just never played them the the x-wing and tie fighter pc games that were out in the early 90s were simulators uh they were not uh, arcade style shooters they were full-blown simulators and that like if you were being chased down if you were in an x-wing and you were being chased down by a couple ties now traditionally a tie fighter is going to be faster than your standard t-65 x-wing um you could shift your ship's power distribution from weapons and shields to your engines and make your ship faster if you needed more punch you could shift the energy to the weapons if you needed more de defense you shift the energy to the shields you could direct where that ener that shield energy is going is it going to your to your fore or aft your front or your back so like i can if i'm doing like if i'm in a y-wing and I'm doing a bombing run on a Star Destroyer, I could put all my sh energy into my forward shields and take a lot more damage to deliver that payload than normal. This game, Star Wars Squadrons, in the gameplay trailer that was revealed seems to have a lot of that in it. And the they're they're selling it they're selling it two ways they're selling it as a single player experience it takes place after return of the jedi mm. uh before um episode seven so we're in mando it, territory we're we're now we're pre-mando we are pre-battle of jakku okay. which took, took place approximately one year after return of the jedi hmm. okay um, so we are, the new Republic is forming, the empire is kind of on its heels, but things are still kind of in flux. There are still stakes at hand. Um, so the single player mode, and you play through both factions, you play through the, uh, rebels slash new Republic and you play through the Imperials. So there are story modes for both, which I really like. Cool. Um, and then you have online, which is they've shown two modes. They've shown um, dogfight, which is two squadrons, five v five, and um, it's just dogfight, five versus five points, what have you. And then they've shown what are called fleet battles. So you've got a small fleet that you're fighting for and you do like a dogfight in the middle and whoever wins that dogfight, the momentum swings towards the opponent's capital ships and you have to try to take out the capital ships to win the fight. 
if you don't if you're not able to take out the capital ships then it's kind of like a tug of war it goes back to the dog fight in the middle and then maybe they can push you back over to the to your side where you have to defend your capital ships hmm. um that to me is very interesting um another interesting thing is that all the gameplay that's been shown is from the cockpit view there's been no I don't, third person ship view footage shown yeah i don't think there's gonna be a third person view i'm i'm okay with that okay it adds um, to, it I, adds to the sim experience for sure it does it adds to the sim experience um it's like you have the option in Battlefront to do that in the ship battles, but it just doesn't feel quite right. So I hope, obviously, you know, if it's the only choice, then you will have to adapt to it in the playing of it. And that's what X Wing and Tie Fighter were on the PC. They were all cockpit view. You could not go to like a third person uh, view of the ship. Um trying to think what else a two fact just the two factions they haven't said anything else um there are five ships four ships available on each side at launch well that have been announced so far so for the rebels it's the x-wing the y-wing the a-wing and the u-wing which is really interesting because the u-wing is not necessarily a fighter but it's more of a support ship and then for the Imperials, it's the TIE Fighter, the TIE Interceptor, the TIE Bomber, and the TIE Reaper, which is the support ship that you saw in Rogue One that Krennic is flying around in on Scarif. It's a little diamond-shaped thing. Okay. Um, and these, they're showing in the gameplay trailer how these kind of like play a supporting role in that like they can snag another ship in a tractor beam and hold them there for someone else to get to kill. Uh, they can help, uh, like, uh, tie, like a tie bomber or Y wing to reload. Um, so it's a really interesting aspect that they're putting into it. And like I play, you know, I've spoken of numerous times on the show. I play the X wing miniatures game and both these ships are in that game. They play very similar functions in the game. Um, so I'm really interested to see, what they are going to how they're going to utilize those two ships in those roles what's going to draw me to want to fly those ships um it's gonna be interesting to see how i really hope it's a game that you can't just lone wolf it like like an online, I really hope it's a game where you see people who are squads that are working together be more successful than people who are just lone wolfing it. Um, because I think it will be interesting to see how squads decide to form. Because when you think of just like efficiency, to have five ships, a Reaper, a, an Interceptor, a Fighter, and a Bomber, that's not very efficient. You don't necessarily know which which role that squad is playing because each of those ships serve a, a vastly different role within the within the the forces they're serving. 
Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm really, I'm so far, I'm really excited about it. Uh, I'll be interested to see what shifts they decide to add. Um, people are already clamoring for the B wing. And I'm just trying to think because if you're going to put in a ship on one side, you have to kind of put in an equivalent on the other. And I'm trying to remember what model ties are considered canon right now. And so far, the only other one I'm thinking of is the TIE Defender. And that is that is probably a superior ship to the B-Wing. Um, but yeah, it's it's coming out October. And I'm, I'm cautiously, ex- I'm extremely cautiously, extremely excited about it. If that makes sense. That's, that's totally fair. I mean, it's, it, it certainly looks cool, but you know, there's enough, uh, baggage around EA to give us a little pause. Right. So we'll so see. Do you, like given, given what you've seen of it. Uh-huh. I mean, I've been rambling on about this thing for probably like 20 minutes now. But given what you've seen of it so far, $40 price tag, would you give it a shot? Um, uh, I'm a tough nut to crack, Carl. <laughs> for me to pay to, for me to pay full price even at $40, it would it would I'd have to really be all in. Um because if it's forty dollars now, I know that it will be twenty dollars, you know, X months from now. So right. I, I can probably wait, to be honest with you. Um, but you know, if I play it at your place or something and it's fantastic, well, you know, okay, I'm in. You know, yeah. So cool. We'll see. Oh, uh, one last thing, really quickly on it. They mentioned that ship customization is going to be a big part of it. Oh, cool. Uh, that's actually, that's not neat. just, not just like, uh, mechanical and tactical things that you can upgrade your ship with, like, you know, upgrading your gun in the first person sphere, but also cosmetic stuff. Like they showed like a red tie bomb. Yeah. 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 That's cool. Designs and squad insignias and stuff like that. I got really excited in the first trailer when I saw the tie interceptor, with the red stripe on the wings, because that's Saber Squadron, and I was like, "Oh, <laughs> you guys, you guys do it, Saber Squadron. You, you had my interest, sir. Now you have my attention." <laughs> so, so yeah, so that was announced. All excited about that. What do we got next? Um, this will be our last video game story. Uh, Nintendo is unfolding. A new Mario game for us. Oh, see what see what I did there. Oh, oh, I see. Yes, yes, I see. I mean, yeah, we're we're getting a new Paper Mario game now. Drew, I have never played a Paper Mario game. Sell me on a Paper Mario game. Ah, I can't exactly because I'm not really into them. Okay. Um. The. So, some some ancient history for you, okay? Okay. Super Mario RPG came out, oh, so many years ago on the Super Nintendo Entertainment System. It was amazing. We all loved it. However, 
there would not be a proper sequel to Super Mario RPG. We instead then got the Paper Mario series, which is a spiritual successor to Super Mario RPG in the paper sticker aesthetic variety. So it's kind of an RPG-ish Mario series um, that is now developed into its own brand. And it's, you know, it's, it's been this long. It, you know, it's, it's obviously supplanted Super Mario RPG in the public consciousness and in Nintendo's own legacy. Um, it, it has a devoted fan base, um, but I'm just not, it's just not my cup of tea. That's all. Okay. I like my Mario in core variety, you know, like I'm a, I'm a core Mario title kind of guy. Um, and cart variety. That, that's that's really generally it. All right, then. So, question. Uh-huh. Will we see another uh, Mario and Zelda proper game on the Switch? Mm, that's a very good question. Without E3 um, happening, I, I, it's, it's really hard to say. We already know that Breath of the Wild 2 is, is under development right now. Now, what sure. did I say earlier on in this, in this episode? I, I said that previous Zelda titles have been announced and then pushed back to be launch titles for the next iteration of Nintendo hardware. But those titles were entirely new titles. Breath of the Wild 2 is a formal sequel to Breath of the Wild. And from what we have seen of it, aesthetically, it looks to be the same, you know, it looks to be the it looks to be the same engine, you know, the same aesthetic, etc. So we don't know much past that, but if they're using the same engine, if they're using the same assets, if they're just making a new adventure in a in a similar fashion, but with a new with the allegedly new uh protagonist options, like the ability to play as Zelda, things like that. Um then I don't know why it couldn't see the light of day on the Switch. But if it is beyond that in scope, then it, without E3 this year, because, I mean, we don't know, but there's so much we don't know. We don't know if they were planning on showing more of it at E3 this year. We, like, we literally have no idea. Um, so let's just pretend that we don't know, you know, a thing. Uh, how how long is how long has the switch been out now? Three four years. I'll say three years. Okay. Um, I feel like it's reasonable to expect Breath of the Wild two on Switch. Another core Mario title, I think, might be pushing it. I think you're going to see that on the next. Nintendo console, probably as a launch title. 
man. I but that, but, but that's hard to say. It's so hard to say. Okay. I mean, we, right. like e, the E3's cancellation really is, uh, it, it puts all things into question. I, I, I have no idea because I don't know what they were planning on showing. Um, I, I know yeah. there's rumors of that um, remaster collection of Sunshine, uh, uh, Mario 64, and, and uh, the, the Galaxy games, allegedly. Um, well, I mean, do you think E3 really threw a wrench into that presentation? Because they just do directs for E3 anyway. Which they also canceled as a result of E3 being canceled. Like, I know that they do the direct and they don't have a direct stage presence, but like, okay, well, E3's canceled. You could still do whatever you were planning on doing, right? Well, yeah, but they canceled that too. So what's going on? You know, are they just using this as an opportunity to say, you know what, there's no pressure this year. We don't have to show our wares to drum up interest and hype and headlines and, 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 and boost the stock when no one else is going to do anything either. So I, I have, you know, I have no idea what impact this really has on them. They, they it could take pressure off of them. It could, it could add pressure for all we know. In, in a phrase that I'm sure we're all sick and tired of hearing right now, Carl, in these uncertain times, uh, I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> Um, but just, just given the way things have kind of gone, um, I, I feel like they've already shown their hand with, with breath of the wild too. So I think that'll see the switch. Um, but, but a a successor to Mario Odyssey, I think that's going to have to wait for the next, the next system, but I could be totally wrong. Um, right now, if you think about it, there has to be like, you know, Nintendo is a first party first-party software company first. Like, you buy Nintendo hardware to buy Nintendo software. Um, right. Great third-party software exists, but you're not buying it for that. You you know, that, that's like a bonus, right. right? So, Animal Crossing was the last uh, big title for the Switch. Well, it's out, and it's a huge success, and, you know, we're all happy with that. But then the the obvious question becomes, okay, what's next? And I, I don't, I don't know what the next, because you know, paper Mario is paper Mario, whatever. It's fine. But that's a, that's a niche. Honestly, that's a, that's a niche title for a niche audience. Um, the big gun titles. Well, you know, we, we don't know what, what's it going to, what's it going to be? Um, we haven't seen anything about metroid prime 4 since its cancellation um well it's 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 scrapping and re- restarting of development I, cancellation is the wrong term it is coming but they started from scratch we've seen nothing since that since that restart announcement so you know could could it be that i don't know could it be I, uh, I'm gonna say it. And I'm gonna regret it because I know it's not. Tr- I know it's not gonna happen. But could it be Earthbound? Could it be Mother? No. But 
let me let me say it just to just to dream a little bit. Um, could it be Donkey Kong? Mm, Unlikely. Donkey Kong kind of lost his shine over the years. Um, I I really don't know. But but Nintendo knows they have to have big guns coming because they they have to keep the big guns coming. Yeah. But without E3, right. I don't know when we're going to find out what those big guns are. Yeah. Hopefully we'll get something from them soon. Yeah, yeah. I'm, as, I'm, uh, I'm a little thirsty, Carl. As, as someone who does not play Animal Crossing, I'm, I'm even thirstier. <laughs> well, there's a lot of great stuff on sale right now, if, if that helps you. Yeah, there is. Like, um, was, I mean, obviously, you know, Street Rage 4. Is fantastic. Uh, you know, I got the Super Mario Bros. game, but that that's that's a Wii U game. It's not really a Switch game. Um, it was I got it was a, a four dollar game. It was called Concept Destruction. It's <laughs> a it's a it's a uh, destruction derby game. With the cars are or cardboard. And it's for you know what it might be the best four bucks I've ever spent because William loves it. It's, it's, <laughs> it's fun to play, man. If you just want to crash them, he calls it crash cars. We play crash cars. Like if you just want to crash some cars together and see cool wrecks, it's it's a lot of fun. Um, so yeah, the in, like the indie selection is super strong on the Switch. Um, so there's definitely plenty out there. I still I still keep forgetting that castle crashers is on the switch i've always wanted to kind of go back to that game and replay it um do you ever play castle crashers um on the xbox 360 yeah yeah many 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 years ago it was great it was such a great game um so yeah switch switch still in a still in a good place we, we need to see what's on the horizon so Okay, moving on now. Let's swap back really quickly to the world of comics. Mm. Uh, big news earlier in the month from DC. DC has ended its distribution agreement with Diamond. Yeah. Um, kind of a big deal. Uh, this is a little inside baseball, I think, for most uh, listeners. They might not understand, but... but Diamond is a company, and they are the only company for the last 20-plus years that they're the only distributor of comic books in the country. And not only comic books, but like collectibles or collectibles. Yeah, yeah. They, they, a lot falls under the Diamond umbrella, but let's just, speaking strictly for comics, um, they are the, they're the only game in town. You, if you're a store, you order your comics from Diamond, period. Um... With the pandemic, Diamond shut down, and DC uh, wanted to get books out, and they had no means to do so, so they seek, they sought alternative means, they found them, and uh, as such, they are now abandoning Diamond. Now, just for perspective, Marvel tried this in the 90s, to disastrous results. Now... That's not to say that history has to repeat itself. We'll, that we that will remain to be seen. Um, but it is a significant uh, move. It's a very significant move to, you know, again, Diamond's been the only game in town for a long time, and for one of the big two to 
say, you know what, we're done with you, that's a, that's a pretty seismic shift. Um, we'll see how it keeps up. Um, it's hard to say. Again, this was tried before back in the 90s, but the 90s was a different time. Numbers were different. Distribution chains were different. Um, it, it, we'll see how this affects things. Um, speaking for speaking to one real uh, one shop, um, they're fine with it, and they've seen no hiccups with it, and they're rather happy about the situation. Um, but that's not to say that larger stores with more than one distribution house to deal with might, you know, it might be one more uh, hurdle for them to overcome. I don't, I don't know. We'll, we'll, we'll see how it shakes out. So having worked part-time for our comic store for, for a, a moment and actually a couple of years now, when I think about it, <laughs> um, time flies. And, you know, we, we had Will from Iron Buffalo on our show. And, you know, prior to pandemic, I was going there every week to play X-Wing. So had a really good relationship with Will and, you know, Amy over at Pulp 716 where I get my books now. Uh, and any, and a bunch of other people who have had to either own and ran shops or have been in charge and the person for the shops. I've never heard one good thing about diamond. Yeah, no, they're, they're, so, their rep is not good. And, and yeah. you know, I, when you're only, when you're only, when you're the only player in the game, you know, yeah, you make your big clients happy, but you know, where, where else are the, uh, the other guys going to go? Now there's, you know, possibility of that changing. And I heard, I heard the CEO of Diamond, an interview again on on Fat Man Beyond. I think it was last month or the month before. I'd never, I'd never heard this guy talk or anything. Twenty minutes in talking, I was like, I do not like this guy at all, <laughs> at all. And and this is me saying that. So if it if it took him that quickly to get me not to like him, it should give you kind of a, a gauge. So yeah, I mean, I kind of I kind of hope it works out. As we've always said on the show, competition is good, and you know breeds breeds good things. So I hope this works out for DC, and shops can get some other options out there, um, and. So it brings us to our last news story of the day, as it was asked about in the questions. Um, this is one of one of two films that I was very I was Joker. I said wasn't going to happen, and I was wrong about Joker. Should it have happened though? Is another question altogether. Mm. Um, but there was another film that I was very. I didn't say it wasn't going to happen, but I said I'll believe it when I see a trailer. Well, Drew, we have our first trailer for Bill and Ted Face the Music. <laughs> and uh, not often I'm happy about being wrong. And trust me, folks, I'm wrong a lot. I am very happy about being wrong this time. 
And I will just say right now, I am here for Prison Yard Bill and Ted. <laughs> yes, yes. Um, isn't it weird that Keanu looks uh, older without the beard? Yeah. Yeah, he really does. <laughs> um, hey, look. I was already going to you know, be all in for this no matter what. But when I saw death, I was just like, all right. I'm all in. You got me. We have we have Bill, we have Ted, we have Death, fortunately, obviously, because we lost George Carlin years ago. We yeah. won't have Well, we have stations. Oh, good question. I hope so. Well, we have stations. Well, we have Bob Genghis Khan. <laughs> Probably not. But uh-huh. But we are getting Prison Bill and Ted. Prison Bill and Ted, jacked to all get out. It's, it's madness, madness. It's great. It was it was not a very long trailer, but just like that's all they could show me until release. I'd be like, okay, let's go. This movie has no right to exist, and yet no. there's the trailer for it. It's real, and I'm all full. I'm all, I'm all in. Let's go. Come on. Yeah. So let's let's do it. It's gonna be great. Um, Drew, I think that just about does it. Yeah, we managed to get a two-hour episode without any Star Wars discussion. Imagine, imagine if we tried to do episode three. Oh man! Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, we'll save that for the next the next round. Yeah, Hopefully I mean, there will be- so long as nothing else terrible happens. Shut up! Shut up! Uh huh. Uh huh. <laughs> it's 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 twenty twenty, Drew. We we don't. We don't joke about things like that. Remember what I said when Alan sent us that article about a bear being sighted in Chictawaga? <laughs> I said, well, it's 2020, so the bear probably shoots racist murder hornets that are infected with COVID out yeah. of its mouth. I feel like we're still waiting for those murder hornets to show up, so... It's, it's, it's true. We don't, we don't need to... We don't need to laugh and point at the fate. <laughs> yeah, right. If they, if don't poke the bear is what you're saying? Yes, don't poke the bear. Okay, I won't poke the bear. Especially if it, it shoots racist murder ho- murder hornets that are infected with COVID. Uh, our, our friend Tim posted an article on Facebook I saw. Florida, go figure, mm. telling people not to flush their meth down the toilet <laughs> because it can create hyper-aggressive alligators. Or... Jesus. Wait for it, and I just quoted this. My just coined this myself. Methigators. That that you ready that, to deal with methigators, Drew? Uh, 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 that sounds horrifying. To be honest with you. So Breaking Bad never touched that topic. Yeah, methigators sounds like a bad science fiction movie. Yes. Then again, so does Twenty Twenty. Yeah. all right folks uh we appreciate you joining us uh we appreciate you hanging out with us um again our goal is not to distract our goal is just to spend quality time with you guys uh please pay attention to what's going on listen learn uh don't let this moment pass you by Oops, you know if you got kids, 
fully embrace this moment so you can tell your kids about this. Um, you know, I'm hoping, I'm hopeful that we are at a turning point in our history as a country, um, in our history as a, as a species. Uh, you know, I, I'm very hopeful that this is a, a turning point to to better days. So, uh, thank you again for joining us. We we appreciate you all. We love you all. Be excellent to each other, please. Um, if you want to reach out to us, uh, contact us also. Say questions, any thoughts. So I know what. Let us know what you're thinking, what you're feeling. Um, you can find us the following social media locations. You can follow us on Twitter at Devils Do Pod. Uh, you can go to facebook.com slash devils do pod and like our page. You can email us at the devils do pod at gmail.com, or you can find all these resources available to you on our website, the devils do podcast.com. Drew, any closing thoughts? Uh, you already uh, said to be excellent to each other. So I will uh, just have to finish that thought and say, Socially distance party on, dudes. Yes. Yes. Sit, air guitar works just as good six feet apart. That's right. That's right. Yeah. So, all right, folks. We appreciate you. Um, everything goes as planned. We'll be back in a couple of weeks talking about episode three. Um, we can't be absolutely certain of that because only a Sith deals in absolutes. <laughs> I can I can feel I can I can feel the anger growing in true. I'm I'm just gonna let that one roll. <laughs> Alright folks, thanks again for joining us. Courts adjourned.